And uh, happy Mother's Day uh, to you moms, and uh, appreciate you being with the services this evening. I know we have a couple moms that weren't here this morning, um, but if you weren't here this morning and you're a mom, if you could just slip your hand up, Albany and Trey, come on up here. I don't know why you raised your hand, Albany. I want you to grab a couple of these flowers. If you're not, if you're, if you weren't here this morning and you didn't get a flower, we got, look, Albany straight back right there and Trey right over here. No, one more. Okay. You gotta have one more. You gotta have three. He got it. Albany's going to beat him. No, no, he's, he's, he's got it. Yes. And we did, we were able to um, actually uh, send some to. Um, uh, to some shut-ins as well, and so uh, we are so grateful uh, to moms, and um, uh, Emma just, uh, my Emma, had such a good idea this morning. Uh, she said, let's, let's put some, uh, let's put a white carnation, white is obviously uh, for purity, and a white carnation for moms that have gone on uh, to be with the Lord. So that's what they're uh, representing up here on the um, uh, on the uh, communion table, and um, so um, we're so thankful, uh, thankful for moms, and um, I think, I'm not out of the way by saying this, we seem to be more thankful for moms than we are for dads. Um, in society, as in general, uh, more things are sold on Mother's Day, more flowers are given on Mother's Day, which kind of weird to give your dad flowers on Father's Day, um, but, um, and the church is fuller on Mother's Day than it is on Father's Day. Those are just the facts. I'm just telling you, and uh, we love our mothers, and uh, it's an interesting, uh, interesting study about famous people and their mothers, and uh, quotes, and presidents, and preachers, and uh, many, of, uh, many of them including um, uh, including people like Spurgeon, uh, said, I don't know where I would be without a praying mother. And so, um, thankful for moms, thankful for you. Uh, I'm going to finish up my thoughts tonight, and then what I want to do is something a little bit different, and uh, I've been challenged with this, whatever's going on, and um, so uh, I'm going to share, kind of finish up my thoughts from this morning and then we'll pass the mic around, okay? If you'd like to say something, I always have to say this for some of you, um, just something, just one thing, not a, not a 40-minute testimony, just a something that your mother uh, did or an attribute or a characteristic, something of your mother's that you remember that impacted you in your life, okay? So I want you to think about that while I, don't think too hard because you need to pay attention, um, but uh, think about that and then we're going to pass the mic around and uh, if you'd like to give a testimony, you don't have to, don't feel like you have to, uh, but if you'd like to, um, we're going to go ahead and um, do that tonight. Just something that, um, you know, what a blessing it is to have a saved mother, right? I mean, what a blessing it is to have a, a, a praying mother, someone that brought you to church, someone that raised you up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, and um, what a benefit that is. But not everybody had 
a praying mother. But that doesn't mean they didn't have a good mother. And um, I can look back when I was just nine years old, my parents divorced and um, I went and lived with my mother and uh, my sisters kind of have two sisters and they bounced back and forth. And, and, um, but I pretty much stayed with my mom until I was in my teen years. And then um, mom moved around a lot and dad was kind of, I always, I always joke, dad, dad lived in the same spot for, I don't know, 30 years. And then he decided he was going to move. He moved from this spot to this spot and built a house and uh, same property. I'm like, Dad, that doesn't count as moving. And so uh, he was, well, I, bought it, I built a new house. It's on the same property, Dad. And so uh, he don't move around a lot. So I lived with him through my uh, uh, high school years. So, but I remember my mom, um, how much of a struggle it was for her to raise three kids. And um, uh, often I remember her having three jobs just to put food on the table and um, you know, I remember as a kid, see nowadays if you're on food stamps or government assistance, they give you, it looks like a credit card. Back when I was a kid, it looked like monopoly money. I mean, everybody knew that you were on, you know, government assistance. And so we go to the grocery store and I'm, you know, I'm going like this because mom would have to pull out that. That's why I'm not against government assistance if it's needed. I think it's abused, obviously. Um, but my mom needed it, and uh, and I remember my mom working really, really hard, having a hard, uh, having a, a, a strong work ethic, and um, and how that, you know, that helped me in my life. And so, uh, yes, it's great to have a praying mom. It's great to have a mom that has brought you to church and to have all those attributes. Uh, but uh, it is uh, good to have a mother's influence in our lives, uh, period. And so uh, I know that um, uh, many of you uh, may be in the same boat, uh, but I am certainly thankful, as you are, uh, for uh, my mom. And then, isn't it funny, or isn't it interesting, that God sends you other mothers in your life? And um, I have a mother-in-law that I can, be, I can proudly say is not is not a monster in law, you know. We get along, and um, as long as she leaves that stupid dog at home, uh, we get along great. And uh, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding about the dog. I know some of y'all are gonna rat me out first chance you get, uh, but that's okay. Uh, we go back and forth about that dog, and we're recording it. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Troy. Appreciate that. Um, you can edit that out. Appreciate it. Um, but anyways, uh, we get along, and I, you know, I called her today and uh, wished her. You know, a happy Mother's Day, and uh, she's special to me in my life. My, my dad and mom divorced when I was nine, and um, I got a stepfather and I got a stepmom. And growing up, that was, that was pretty hard. It was pretty difficult. Um, but through the years and through my own maturity, um, I've, I've got a relationship with my stepmom, and I called her today and wished her uh, a happy uh, happy Mother's Day. And so God puts people in your life. When we were in Palaka, uh, her, name is, uh, her name is Peggy, uh, Peggy and Johnny. Um, they just adopted, adopted me and adopted us. And, and um, just some of, the, some of the godliest people I've ever met in my life. And uh, her son's also a, a pastor. And, um, and they just, we, we were building a house 
Wendy and, and the kids, they, they went and were staying with mom and dad, and so I didn't have to be so far from the church. Peggy and Johnny just opened up their house to me, and I, and I stayed with them. When we went on vacation, they would, they, would, they would give us the keys to their Lincoln. I'm like, I never drove a nicer car. And, uh, and he said, now, listen, this is a premium car, so it takes premium gasoline. And so I know that's expensive, so here's my gas card. So just use my gas card as I... It's like, yes, and um, they were just always there for us. Uh, one of my, my daughter, uh, Emma, her first remembrances of um, a, a birthday was at Peggy and Johnny's house and getting a, I think it was a, a, a Barbie um, uh, fishing pole. And uh, Johnny and took her down there to the pier. They live on the water there in, in Placa, and, and took her down to the pier and went fishing. And, and uh, she, she was very small, but remembers that to this day. So God sends special people in your life, too, and um, that's a big deal. And uh, it's a good thing to remember, uh, remember those things. There's a lot of bad things to remember, right? I mean, there's no doubt. Uh, growing up, some of you grew up in similar situations as I did, and in some rough places and rough circumstances. And uh, you can remember the good or you can remember the bad. And uh, it's going to, what you remember is going to determine your outlook, right? And so, um, you know, I look back on, I look back on a lot of things that I did and a lot of ways that I grew up. um, And uh, I think bad, 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 bad. And the list just keeps going on and on. Or, you know, you can just kind of jettison that and say, hey, remember the good. Remember, remember how, you know, this person entered your life. And I, I was a school hater. I did not like school. Um, I didn't like, but I didn't like it equally. So it didn't matter what subject it was. I didn't like any school. And so, but I liked the teachers. There's a lot of teachers that really stuck out to me. And to this day, you know my memory. I, I stink on, 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 on my memory. And if somebody hasn't been to church in a while... Takes me a few minutes to remember their names. I'm just just to be honest with you. And um, but there's some people. I remember Miss Law Saunders. Her name was. And I don't don't even know where she is today, or if she's even alive today. But she took or she taught. I don't even remember what kind of course it was, but it's is like cooking and all those kind of kind of classes. Well, of course, I took that class because all the girls took that class. And so why would a guy not take that class? But uh, I burn everything, the whole home ec. Who said that? Home ec, that's it, yeah. And, uh, man, she just cared about her students. Miss Sherman, bless her heart, I know she's dead and gone. We called her the dragon lady. Bless her heart, she smoked about 14 packs a day. And um, she was just rough. But man, did she care. She's the reason I graduated. I'm not kidding. She's the reason I graduated. She said, listen, you are failing English. And this was remedial English. I didn't take no advanced courses. Everything was remedial for me. And uh, she said, you're going to fail this class. I said, well, you know. She said, you're not going to get your degree. I said, well, I don't don't care about that either. And she said, listen to me. You're not going to be able to go in the military. You don't have your... And, And so she would take us to these... Uh, Les Miserables and, and Cat on a Hot Tin Roof or whatever the name of that thing is and show us all, give, take us to all these things for extra credit. And, uh, and I passed because of her. Isn't it great to have people like that in your life? 
and uh, re to remember those things. And all of that has to do with the subject we're talking about when it comes to mothers uh, uh, this morning, and that is the subject of love. Uh, how God has demonstrated His love, right? Romans 5 and 8, uh, but God uh, uh, commended His love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He demonstrated His love. And then we're supposed to take that love and duplicate it. We're supposed to love one another. Matter of fact, the Bible says that if we love, say we love God and we hate our brother, we're liars. And so um, what do we need to do? We need to take the love that God's loved us with and love one another. We talked about this morning how, you know, there are some people that are easy to love and some people that are a little bit harder to love. But that doesn't, that doesn't take away from the fact that God has commanded us to love one another. And uh, we talked about in John 13 how, um, how are all people going to know that we are his disciples. It's by our love one towards another. And um, that's how they're going to know that we're of the household of faith. That's how they're going to know that we, are, uh, that we are Christ followers. It's because we're taking God's love and sharing it with a lost and dying world. We're taking God's love and loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, the Bible says that we are to live peaceably with all men. As much as is, is in us, we need to live peaceably with all men, especially those of the household of faith. I find that interesting that God says that uh, in the household of faith, because this morning we talked about love in our hearts, uh, but we also need love in our households. We need love in our households. Um, the family, the picture of the family is breaking down in our society today. It's absolutely breaking down. And one of the reasons it's breaking down is because mom and dad are absent. They're just absent from, from, from the home. They're absent from uh, their kids' lives. Everybody else is raising our children. I mean, everything from the school to the church to preschool to to after school care, and don't, don't misunderstand me. I understand people work. I get that. But if we're allowing something, anything, including work, if we're allowing something to take away from something that's more important, then we begin, we begin to get in danger. When things become in our lives more important than God, more important than family, so. God has established two institutions. You know that, right? Just two, the church and the family. What came first? <laughs> the family, right? Our family ought to be important to us. God ought to be first. God ought to not be resident in our hearts. He ought to be president in our hearts. God should be first place in our lives and in our hearts. No doubt about that. Nobody, nobody uh, usurps God's authority in our lives. And God's praise in our lives. If you have anything or anybody above God, that thing or that person becomes an idol. B bottom line, we think of idols as you know a little statue that's on a mantle somewhere, and we pray to that idol, and that's. But listen, anything can be an idol. Anything that's above God uh, in your life becomes an idol in your life. So don't allow anything to come before God, but don't let anything. Get between you and family. Family ought to be very, very important to every one of us in here. Your children ought to be important to every one of us. You know, for the longest time, we got to the place, my dad and I, um, where we didn't talk. 
He didn't call me. I didn't call him. We're made out of the same cloth. And um, one day, one day, my wife said, "Listen, this is just getting ridiculous. You need to call your dad." No, 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 no. He needs to call me. That's that's that's. I mean, I've tried. I've attempted, and I did. And God knew that I did. And uh, and and I tried and tried and tried, and it just it just it just didn't connect. And so, um, so she let it alone. She, she, she uses wisdom and wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove, <clears throat> until she needs to get out the guns. And then she says, okay, enough's enough. Who's the Christian? I said, back up, woman. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't say that. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, okay, okay, wait a minute. Let me think about this for a second. You know, it really makes sense that we, as Christians, at some point, we have got to say whether the person's doing right or whether the person's doing wrong, are we being Christian? And being Christian has a lot to do with love when it comes to your, when it comes to your household, when it comes to not only your heart and your household, but what about the house of God? He says, live peaceably with all men, especially those of the household of faith. If we can't get along with each other, I mean, if we all have, we have things common. Now, we don't have everything in common. I get that. I mean, we, we sit down and talk long enough, we're going to disagree on something. That's just human nature. You're going to look at something a little bit different than I'm going to look at something. If I read a book and give you the same book, you're probably going to get something different out of that book than I do. It's the way it goes. Matter of fact, we even do that with the Bible, don't we? And we read a passage of Scripture and, 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 and then share what we got of that passage of Scripture. It's often different. You take five preachers. You give them John 3.16 to preach out of, you're going to get five different messages. You really are. Why? Because we're different. We're made up different. We see things often differently, and that's okay. Differences shouldn't push us apart. These differences should make us stronger. See, it's kind of like the body. Isn't that the illustration that the Bible gives us about the body? What is the body made up of? It's made up of parts, right? God is the head. There's, God should be the head. But then you got hands and you got fingers and you got toes and you got noses and you got ears and we're all part of the body of Christ. Not everybody can be the thumb. Somebody's got to be the big toe. Somebody's got to be the nose. My wife says I got a problem with noses. So when I see somebody and I look at them, I say, their nose is a little weird. Does anybody else do that? Something's, something's wrong. Sometimes those rose is wide or it's long or it's, she says, you've got, you got issues. What's wrong with you and noses? I don't know. It's just, it's the thing that sticks right in the middle of your face. I mean, how do you not notice it, right? We all have noses. Somebody's got to be the nose. Somebody's got to be the ear. And when the nose is the nose and the ear is the ear, the body works, works better, right? But if the ear says, time out. I'm sick and tired of being the ear. I mean, I have been the ear forever. I don't want to be the ear anymore. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take over the duties of the nose. I'm going to start smelling. I'm going to start sniffing. I'm going to start 
blowing snot out of my ear. Right, Albany? Yeah. She's with me. I'm going to do- start doing the duty of the nose. Listen, the ear doesn't do the duty of the nose. So what is the ear going to do? The ear's going to do nothing because it can't do the duties of the nose. And so it's just going to be mad because it can't be the nose. And so it's, gonna, it's not going to function. And guess what? The body, uh, the body uh, is, is hurt because of it. And the body of Christ is hurt when we don't take our differences and, and put them together and make us stronger. We all, we all don't have the same um, abilities. Do you know God has gifted you? Did you know that? We're all gifted. See, we like to talk about love. We like to talk about 1 Corinthians what? 13. Wow, that was overwhelming. Thank you, Ms. Pam. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 13, right? That's, our, that's the love chapter, isn't it? And we talk about charity. It talks about charity and charity and charity and charity. What we, what we don't take in consideration is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 comes before 1 Corinthians chapter 13. So 1 Corinthians 12 ends with this. Now I will show you a more excellent way. And then it goes into 1 Corinthians 13. It talks about charity and how we're supposed to have charity and all the attributes of charity. But it's on the cusp of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, which is the what chapter? The spiritual gifts chapter. So it says, listen, I've given you a gift. I want you to use that gift 1 Corinthians 13, see, we say 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter and it's a relationship. No, 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 1 Corinthians 13 has everything to do with our service to the Lord. How should we be serving the Lord? How should we be apostles? How should we be preachers? How should we be teachers? We should be doing it in love, right? That's, that's, why, they're, that's why they're connected. You, I hope you know. That once upon a time, there were not chapters in the Bible. It was just all, all together, right? They split it up. And, and so that, they, they go together, 12 and 13. They go together and they talk about how we're supposed to serve one another. We're supposed to serve one another in love. So if God has called you to be a teacher, then be the best teacher you can be. But if God's called you to have a different spiritual gift, then use that spiritual gift the best way possible, and God will work all those things together. You see, Romans 8, 28 says, all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose. And we say, okay, well, God put this in your life, and so He worked, so he's working this together for good. And that's a good analogy of that. But it's also a good analogy that God has gifted you in this way so it can work together, not only in your life, but in the life of your church, so the church might function the way the church must function. We have found that out a little bit here recently. And I actually love it. My daughter, who's been away, isn't it interesting when you, when you don't see something or somebody for a while, how much it's changed? Ms. Bragg's two granddaughters were here. And I'm like, no, you're not 19 and 23. No, or 22 or however she No. They said, yes. I said, no, because if you're that old, that means I'm this old. Pass. Uh, haven't seen them along. They're grown up, good, good, godly young women. And I'm just, it was so neat to have them here today. But I hadn't seen them in a while. And, and, and you see them and you're like, 
what happened? Well, Anna, or Emma got home, and Emma said, Dad, there's just a different feel about the church. I said, I know. I said, we've lost these people. She said, no, 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 Dad, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about people have kind of stepped into these places. I didn't talk talk to Emma about any of this stuff. She just observed it. And people have stepped up, and -and so-and-so is excited about this, and -and so-and-so is excited about that. And, and boy, the people that weren't doing this are now doing this. And she said, it's just really neat to see. And I thought, what a good observation. No, God has gifted you, whether you want to admit it or not, or whether you know it or not, God has gifted you. And are you using that gift in love to serve one another and ultimately to serve God? How do we serve God? We serve one another. That's how we serve God is we're there for each other and we're there for the church and we're there to, uh, 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 to do what needs to be done uh, in the church. The church, now I'm speaking of Rinking Baptist Temple tonight, the church must be your church. You see, Rinkin Baptist Temple, I can unashamedly say, is my church. Not my church as in ownership, that I own the church, or that I'm the dictator of the church, but it's my church that I'm proud that I go here. I'm proud that I serve here. This is my church. Now, I'm so glad, and for some of you, and for a lot of you, this was your church before it was my church. And I'm so glad for you. I'm glad that it's your church too. But listen to me. I'm gladder that it's my church than it's your church. I'm glad it's a place that I can come and worship. I'm glad it's a place I can come and fellowship. I'm glad it's a place that I can come and, 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 and serve my Heavenly Father with one another. What are you doing in your church? What do you, you call Rankin Baptist Temple your church. What are you doing? Let me tell you something. I feel like that with all this, and I'm not even going to call it turmoil because I think God works everything out for his purposes and for his reasons. But all the things that have just currently happened in our church with uh, people moving on and people moving and people leaving and all the things that happened that when it could have went like this, it went like this. Yeah, there was a time, right? But then somebody said, whoa, wait a minute. I can do that. Like, praise God. Somebody else said, hey, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. I, 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 can, I, can, t- I can handle that. I can do that part. And, and it was like, whew, I don't have to. That's off, that's off my shoulders. And I can name people tonight, right now, people that are here that have just stepped in and said, I, I, I can help. Isn't that what? Isn't that what love is all about? Because love, whether it's in your heart, whether it's in your house, or whether it's in the household of God, love is an action. It's an action. Something that we remember about our mothers, or something we remember about somebody else, let me tell you what it was. It was an action. It's something that they did. It's something that uh, they were. It's something that they were made up of. One day, Bob says this every time, every time, every time I see him. He says, it's good to be seen and not viewed. I told him this morning, I said, yep, we're all going to be viewed one day. (laughs) Some, I guess most of us will be viewed if you're not getting cremated. We'll be viewed even then. You know, you'll have a memorial probably 
And people will, let me tell you what the viewing is. It's a time of remembrance. And we go and we go to funerals and we remember. We remember what that person did to affect our life. Now, are there bad memories? Of course. We need to jettison the bad memories and keep the good memories. Bad memories don't help you. Do you understand that? Bad memories only make you bitter. Bad memories only turn you away from relationships. Bad memories only make you worse. So we, we, we remember, we remember how that person did this, and we remember how that person affected our hearts, and how this person, and what did they do? They showed themselves in love in my life. And it's a, good, it's a good remembrance, right? It's a good memory that we keep with us. And uh, who, when we get viewed, I know we don't like to think about that. Listen to me. I, you, might, you know what my first funeral was? The first funeral, I had, a, I had a part in preaching that funeral. I was a grown adult man before I went to my first funeral. I didn't go to funerals. Who likes to go to funerals? I, I just, I know there are people that go from funeral to funeral to funeral, and, and people that, you know, uh, the older we get, the more funerals we go to. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just the way life goes, right? But, um, but let me tell you what a funeral will do. A, fr- a funeral will will make you remember your own mortality. A funeral will say, that's going to be me one day. I mean, that's good. Now, that could be good, and sometimes that could be bad, right? That could throw us into depression because I, I don't want to be fused right now. I mean, I, I know I'm going to die. I'm not looking to get on the next you know, train out of here. Uh, I know it's going to happen, and, and I never wanted to think about it. But now as I think about what a real funeral is, It's a time to pay our last respects. It's a time to remember. It's a time to reflect on what that person mean to me. Not just what they said, but what they did. As I look back at people in my life, there's a lot of people that have said said this and they've said that. And we're going to do this and I'm going to do that and blah, 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 blah. It's like knocking on doors. I'm telling you. I don't mean nothing against the South. I'm just telling you, the South will tell you if you knock on their door, they'll invite you in for a fried chicken dinner. I mean, give you sweet tea, talk to you for an hour. And then to get you out of their house, they'll say, yeah, I'll see you Sunday. I don't know how many times I've heard, I'll see you Sunday. Oh, yeah, preacher. Oh, man, we are looking for a church, and I'll be there. And you look for them, and... And you look for them, and pretty soon you begin to be skeptical when somebody tells you they're going to be there, and they're not there. And you say, they show up, and you're like surprised. <gasps> you know, you really showed up. Why? Because how many times have we said this, talk is cheap? Right? You can talk a good talk, but are you going to walk the good walk? We can say that we love God, but are we proving that through our service? We can say that we love one another, but are we proving that through our service to one another? You say, listen, I tell people all the time, don't tell people you're going to pray for them if you're not going to pray for them. It's just a lie. You know, and even if, even if you don't, even if it's inadvertent, just don't say it. If you're not going to do it, just don't say it. If you're not going to be able to be there for somebody, then don't, don't say you're going to be there for them. If you're not going to take something, then just don't. Now, I know there are things that happen in life. I get it. 
But sometimes we are all talk, and we're too busy for each other. Let me tell you something. If you're too busy for God, if you're too busy for your family, and you're too busy for others, you're just too busy. And you're too busy about the wrong things in your life. We need to get busy about the right things in life. You know, the Bible says in the book of Ephesians, it's high time that we wake up out of sleep, out of the slumber of this world, out of the sleep of this world. The, the, um, the, the world will lull you to sleep. Wanted to get a nap today because I always get a nap on Sunday. I don't get a nap on Sunday. I am grumpy. I like my naps, especially on Sunday. And so um, uh, Wendy, Wendy was up in, in, in our room and, and Emma was home, so I couldn't. Sometimes I'll go in her room and when she's not here and lay down in her room. Or if Anna's not here, I'll lay down in her room. Well, Emma's home. Emma's got her room. And then Anna's room's like got all of her clothes everywhere. So I said, well, Kyle's working today, so I'll go lay down in Kyle's room. So go down to Kyle's room. Kyle's got his room. I never seen nothing like it in my life. I laid down on his couch, and I was sleeping in like seven seconds. It's pitch black in there. He's got fans that like are crossing each other. That it's just. I told Wendy, I said, I'll never take a nap in his room again. I did not want to get up. I didn't want to get off the couch. My eyes are going. You ever do that? And your eyes are going, and you're like, man, you talk about a nap. I got me. I'll never sleep tonight. I got a great nap this afternoon. I mean, a great one. There's sometimes in life where you got to get alone. Nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you got to be alone. Sometimes you got to get in your closet and pray. Sometimes you got to get away from people. But let me tell you why God put us here. God put us here to be around people. For iron that sharpens iron. They were there to pray for each other. And we're there to, you know what we're doing? We're demonstrating God's love in our lives. You say that you love God. But if you're never there for your family, you're never there for your brother and sister in Christ, something's amiss. Something's wrong. And we need a heart check to make it right. Heavenly Father, we love you. We do thank you this time together. I pray that you would bless us as we take some testimonies tonight. May you be honored and glorified. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Do we-